0: I feel really actually fortunate, even though people might question that initially, especially those who aren't into it, is um, through the injury that I experienced and having that opportunity, that, that wonderful experience of just leaving the body and consciously get um, a joy for yourself or you can make it hell. Mm-hmm. It's your choice yeah you know what do you want to experience? Well me I like happiness <laughs> right. so I'll, I'll go for whatever will create that absolutely. And that starts with the thought.
1: Welcome to the Honor your aura podcast a podcast devoted to learning about, caring for, and empowering the energy within, with your host, Kema England. Hey Kathleen, welcome to the Honor Your Aura podcast. So happy to have you on today.
0: Thank you, Kema. I am absolutely delighted to be here.
1: So the question that I just absolutely love asking everyone on the podcast is how they came to know themselves as an energetic being. However you interpret that, whether it be spiritual, um, universal, more than just the physical, I would love to hear a little bit about your journey in that way.
0: My introduction to knowing myself in that way I feel really actually fortunate, even though people might question that initially, especially those who aren't into it, is um, through the injury that I experienced and having that opportunity, that, that wonderful experience of just leaving the body and consciously so that I experienced all that you experience when you leave the body, what it's like, what happens. And getting into the non-physical, going into there and experiencing myself that way is just pure consciousness. No physical body whatsoever. And experiencing everything that you experience that way, without a body, just Wow. consciousness.
1: Wow. So prior to that experience, and that was how many years ago? 48. 48. So... Prior to that experience, were were you into any sort of spiritual awareness, anything of that nature?
0: I was born and raised Catholic. Mm-hmm. That was my background, and that is all that I knew. And I had dropped away from that um, after I married, and. Um, Never got back into that, it didn't interest me anymore. Yes. And I wasn't looking for anything, I wasn't searching at that time.
1: Right, no. right. It found you in a very clear and apparent it way. Did. And I know I got to learn some of, of your journey in the book that you wrote. Yes. <laughs> Karma bit me in the yeah. ass. <laughs> <laughs> Life after it death. Karma live. bit me in the ass. <laughs> and so, well, and I didn't realize that that was your your first experience and how profound with yourself as a consciousness beyond physical form
0: and it makes everything that i hear now from all of the different spiritual teachers and gurus and such um i can totally get what they're saying and it's not just by reading it or you know faith or anything like that it's like I have experienced what they say and that's one of my ways of of telling if they're really right on gurus or teachers or not
1: right because you have that authentic experience
0: exactly
1: Wow, and obviously that will never leave you
0: never no no
1: Wow. so if you if you wouldn't mind just sharing you know I find it really interesting that you were in a full awareness and just so that we can be clear for those that are listening, Kathleen, you know, wasn't an accident that that caused her to cross, we'll just say, cross over to the other side. Is that how, the, the terminology that you would use?
0: I like to use to uh, drop the physical mm-hmm. and enter into the non-physical.
1: Yes, yes. So she entered into the non-physical, so really experiencing herself as an energetic being and interacted with other non-physical beings yes. while she was there. Would you care to talk about that?
0: Yes, where would you like me to start? Oh, wherever you'd like, <laughs> wherever you
1: feel inspired.
0: Well, um, you could start right with the injury where I was t- I exited I exited the body but was still in the physical Uh, Arena, Mm -hmm. because I was looking down onto what was... I I flew over the exit signs on the freeways, (laughs) what I did. Uh, And then from there I jumped back into the body and and made the exit um, of the physical, made the exit out of the physical and where you go through the tunnel. And my interpretation of that is the tunnel is a part of, inside the um spinal cord is a like a cord or we'll call it an avenue i like that an avenue and you just shoot up the avenue and pop out and that avenue being the spinal cord you're shooting up the spinal cord and you're you pop out of the physical and into the other realm, but even as I'm saying that, it's it's it, it's it gives you the connotation of you're, you're coming out of the physical and you're moving into another, but you, you it you drop the mm-hmm. physical, what in actuality you do, mm-hmm. you just drop the physical, and then because you already are in non physical anyway, and you're just experiencing the physical, right? While you're in the, the
1: energy, slowed down. I
0: hope right. that isn't. No, thing.
1: no, that I mean, it makes sense to me. Good, yeah. good, good, good. So, uh,
0: and then you can just, you just travel. I remember a book that I read, mm, this was after the injury, after the recovery. So it was maybe a year or so after. Um, My house has many mansions. I don't recall who the author was, but it was about that very thing that I had experienced where you can go traveling in the non-physical and you know, there's just so many areas to explore, to enter into. And, mm-hmm. and could you see them visually? On. Yes, and that's what's so interesting too because you don't have eyes, but you can see absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have ears, you hear. Uh, you don't talk like we talk, yeah. you know, with the mouth and physically, you, you hear
1: more like telepathic mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: right you hear the thoughts
1: and what were some of those visuals like of what you if what you were experiencing there
0: Oh the first the very first one when I popped out on the other side of the light was just an empty blank slate nothing absolutely nothing and then my first thought was there's nothing here. <laughs> And as soon as I thought that, then lights appeared on way over on the other side of this huge expanse of nothingness. And so then my next thought was, well, how am I going to get from here to there because they're so far away? And then that instant of thought, bam, I was there, right on the perimeter of all of those lights, like looking up into the sky at night and you see the stars, you know, on that idea, only right on the same perimeter there. And as I started moving along the perimeter, and then I jumped in and started going in and out among the lights, but I noticed close up that these lights were actual people. Oh. And they were all asleep. And it uh, was a very eerie feeling for me. I felt very uncomfortable being there, mm-hmm. and so I just got out of it. I just started going at warp speed <laughs> mm-hmm. and entered into, gosh, where did I go from there? Uh, many places, and you go fast, and one of the, the places that I'm so looking forward to getting back to was what I like to call um, in the heart of God. Uh, because there was nothing but love. Mm -hmm. That's the only thing that that existed there, that beautiful, beautiful feeling of love.
1: And you just knew through some sort of telepathic impression that that's where you were? That's where I
0: wanted to stay. (laughs) It was like I had a place to get to after I left that first area, Mm -hmm. and I just took off for it, and it's like when I got there, that was it. Yeah. And that's where I wanted to stay. Mm-hmm. But they didn't let you. They didn't let me. <laughs> you got kicked back and to they, Earth. Well, not right away. They uh-huh. they said uh, you, you, you must go. You, know, you cannot stay here. You must go. And everywhere I went from there, I kept getting that same thing. You you know you can't stay. You must go. You must go. I didn't get what was going on because there is no thought of of the physical at that time or planet Earth or family or anything. There's Mm -hmm. no thought of that whatsoever. So I didn't understand that they were saying I must go because my time was running out Mm. to, apparently, to uh, get back into the physical body. So I just ignored them until I got pushed out of there and then went into another. Just so many different things to experience. And what I learned, the most important thing I learned from that, was that what you think is what you materialize. Because in all these other different areas I'd go into, especially the one, the one that was the most outstanding with that correlating the thought process and how things materialize from thought, Mm -hmm. was there was this like a veil, although it wasn't a veil, but that's the only thing, the words I can use to describe it and it was shimmering and sparkling. And so I'm looking at this, and I'm trying to figure out, what is this? And I noticed that as soon as I would put that thought out, it would change. you know. So then I started trying to guess, well, is it this? And it would change into that, and this, blah, blah. And then I was saying, okay, sequence, Maybe it's sequence. It must be a sheath of sequence. And so immediately it became that, ah. like a whole sheet of sequence beautiful sparkly color sequence but the difference between these and regular sequence that we get here is that these you could just see right through where here on planet earth in the physical you know you can't see through sequence right because dense, the energy is so.
1: slowed down yeah yeah that's amazing and even what you were saying mm-hmm. in the beginning about observing the lights far away and the moment that you had that thought there you were close instant, to them yeah in thought yeah yeah
0: you think is what you get
1: right and I think that that also describes you know the more that I have been exploring like communication with other realms other dimensional densities and how they kind of travel you'd like to think through time and space and we don't think of that in our physical density because we think of the stars being so far out there or You know, when we're talking about the celestial realm and, you know, our ancestors that have passed as being so far away somewhere, but in the, in the instant of a telepathic thought or just communicating with them through your mind, how powerful that is.
0: Exactly. And if we could uh, just be able to get out of the way of our mind and just... Well, we can. We, through meditation, mm-hmm. we can evolve our ourselves that way so that the physical here can drop away and we can instead tune in to the non-physical just like you do with the radio or television. You turn a channel and you tune into a different frequency Right. and that's all that it really is what we're so right now ensconced in the physical frequency that we tend to think that's all that there is and and we underestimate ourselves. Yes. And what we are capable of doing and achieving and experiencing.
1: Right. And that takes a bypassing of the logical, intellectual, scientific, physical, linear mind and the the program of the way that things have been done but i do think that we are completely in the you know the dawn of a time where that is becoming this public knowledge and you know and obviously that was you know a huge inspiration for this podcast and i know a lot of other metaphysical practices but really it's in that faith in something that is not physically in front of us that we can readily, you know, see, touch, and feel, and putting our faith in something that is unseen, and trusting that that is real as well.
0: And we are so on the threshold of the whole populace moving forward in that direction of that understanding, yes, and that being and experiencing well we got a few thousand years to yet, but we're getting there we're getting there
1: yeah because i mean in some ways right now it even does feel like the physical is kind of crumbling and kind of fo- almost forcing us into another way and not another and the other way being well there must be something more what is something else that i can rely on and put my faith in if it's if it's not the the structure and the the programme and the the physicality that I once thought was my
0: pillar. Exactly. And we are right in the these stages of sweeping away breaking up the last vestiges of the old way mm-hmm. of doing things. Mm-hmm. The Piscean Age. The age of deceit, corruption, deception. Yeah. And breaking that up and sweeping it away to make way to make a space to open up into that new right way of being the understanding.
1: Yes. And that energy is, is is possible, right? We can we can experience it and I think that that's the the benefit of practices like meditation because it, it gives us a, a an authentic experience of what it means to be an energetic being and through not only the experience but the feeling of that, we know that it is something profound.
0: To live from that space of energetic being mm-hmm. um, frees us up completely. It's like, gosh, we could go soaring right? high. The sky is the limit, which means there's no boundaries there.
1: And there's really not, because, and I think that that's, you know, when we just think about the term. Aura, it's talking about that boundless energy that exists within and around us and connects us to all things this physical being of ours is just a small fraction of the totality of what we are
0: that's right the physical being is something that we have chosen to experience out of there's certain desires mm-hmm. that we want to complete or experience and maybe not even to completion but experience and we can do that with our physical body. Yes. So we choose that.
1: And you feel that we everyone that is in a physical embodiment right now on some spiritual soul level, do you feel like we chose this incarnation?
0: We ch- yeah, and right now we're kind of looking at ourselves and
1: saying, "What the?"
0: <laughs> but yeah, we we chose it. Um and sometimes when we choose to do it it's not because we want to right but because we know that that's what must be done mm-hmm. for our soul's evolution mm-hmm. exactly yeah so that's so here we are and doing what we we gotta do mm-hmm. with joy yeah that's the way i start my day every morning before i even open my eyes and just to read Enforce that within myself, too. I have Google on the wall remind me, too, just in case. And that, <laughs> that is uh, smiley faces all around. Turn that frown
1: upside down. Up, 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 up. <laughs> mm, and you feel like, and that obviously, just saying it, shifts your energy. That,
0: yeah, and then I make a practice of going around. Put that smile on the face, you no know, matter what you're going through what challenges they may be you just keep that smile on the face because because you feel better when you do it yeah even if you just have to
1: really work it mm-hmm. you know, really work well don't smile. they say that even people that get like the botox like are like their the the risk of like depression goes significantly down because of that simulated response in the smile
0: i didn't know that
1: mm-hmm. yeah somewhere Somewhere on the World Wide Web, you can O-M-G. find that. You yeah. may get a lot of Botox <laughs> <so> supporters now. O M G! How about that? So and so, that's great. I love hearing too about the how everyone has their own unique ways of aligning with a higher vibrational energy, or and so that's great. Starting then, I think the morning time is so. It's so important to set the tone of the energy of the day and empowering your ability to be the creator of that.
0: That's right. And remembering that what tone you set forth is what tone you attract back to you. So if you start your day off grumpy, uh, you're going to end up grumpier most likely because you're going to be attracting all kinds of scenarios that will perpetuate the grumpiness
1: oh yeah we've yeah. all done both i'm oh, sure yeah. and are oh, the living yeah. proof
0: yeah oh yeah yeah that's something i'm constantly working on to uh to create the more the positive
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, the happy yeah because the bottom line is happy be happy that's what we're here for we're here to be happy
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I, that's what i just think is so Profound about what you're saying because often, you know, while we are human and we are experiencing naturally, right, a range of emotions and, you know, we obviously have a mind that, you know, can really be served as our, as our benefit, but to acknowledge that amidst those cycles of feeling that we will experience as being a human where we do have that free choice and will to decide the kind of energy that we want to be in to experience in a moment and that we can do that by the invitation of your telling your mind basically what to do
0: that's right because it's up to us bottom line it's up to us what we choose to experience each and every moment. And we will be challenged. You know, we're, yeah. we're determined to stay in the happy-happy, so you know that, I mean, happy-happy will come your way, but that is going to be challenged also. Yes. And that's for some people. Now, some people may have really mastered this already, mm-hmm. and they can just stay right on target. And some people can get pulled off very easily into the side avenues of away from the happy happy.
1: Right. And there's and then of course we could go so deep into the psychological understanding of that, right? Because we weren't necessarily taught, A, that we had any control over how we feel That's and right. how we experience life. That's and right. then the and then the program of just like like suffering being a part of the daily experience or that we are supposed to somehow always be following all of these um these trails of other people's issues or the news or whatever it may be and we don't realize either how those avenues those trails are affecting our mood affecting how we're interfacing with ourselves with other people
0: and today Nowadays, in where we're at right now, it's so easy to get pulled off in these other directions of non-happiness. So what I do Mm -hmm. to keep myself back on focus is I will go and I will enjoy um, staying tuned into what is going on right now around Mm -hmm. me. Like, you know, today, I'm very thankful that I am not in Louisiana, and I do send love all those people just surround that whole state in that light of love to help them through what they're going through Um, but I like to stay tuned in on what's going on in the world and then I will immediately bring out my mantras Mm -hmm. and I've got them going all the time and I have them going loud in my place well not loud but you know so you can hear an audio of it all the time And to keep my mind on track with that which I know will bring me peace and happiness and love, that feeling all the time within me. But I have to have the mantras going to do that because I know my mind and I know how deviant it can be (laughs) and go in the directions you don't want it to go. Right. So right. that's, that's my way of kind of like cracking the whip on myself. Mm-hmm. And stay. it's just
1: the, do, and just doing it. And, and it's not up to your mind to decide if you're going to put it on or not. There's a, a higher part of you that's, that right. is, that's running the show. That's right. And what I find amazing about mantras is that <clears throat> it doesn't have to be, it's most, I mean, I find the most powerful mantras to be in Sanskrit.
0: Yes. That is my favorite.
1: Yes, and what's interesting I find about Sanskrit is obviously it's an ancient language. It's you know how the the yogis communicated, but there's there is that energetic quality of a Sanskrit mantra that is is has a vibrational resonance with our energy body.
0: Exactly.
1: So it's not even just the words and the message that we hear and associate, but there's something going on at a vibrational level.
0: Exactly. It's got its own frequency that is that really elevates you, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. elevates your own frequency to uh, the highest um, benefit for you. And it keeps you so connected and... And I've heard that right now the veil is very thin. Mm-hmm. You know, so that the, the connection is just crystal clear and you can materialize so almost instantly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And thoughts. I think that the, the interesting aspect of that, you know, and we when whether it's the mantra or even like the the different hurts that are attuned to these very healing vibrations, I mean, at least from my perspective our energy body is already comprised of these energies however because we are in this human experience our mind goes one place we have our you know our stressors or whatever it may be that those tunes those frequencies go out of balance or out of their natural harmonious flow and so through the law of resonance which i talk about so much with Crystal healing, because when we're working with something that is of that higher vibration, when we go around that thing, the natural tendency is for our vibration to uplift, to meet that, whether it be crystal energy, a mantra, a sound wave frequency, even a light wave frequency. That I find that to just be so fascinating.
0: That's absolutely true. And as you were talking, that it took me back to my beginning. Years with this particular journey, and how I did not have television or radio. There were no phone answering machines, there were no cell phones, no computers, no nothing. So it was really easy to stay in that frequency that benefits you so greatly because there was no other thing to intrude upon it. Right nowadays, though my gracious you're just bombarded with all this other stuff
1: yeah we really have to have boundaries with ourselves
0: and you have to know how to make those work for you that other stuff out there to make it work for you like you know my queuing Mm -hmm. up the mantras Mm -hmm. and then letting them play all day long instead of getting pulled into your cell phone and everything that it will feed you Mm -hmm. with the latest news of this that and
1: yeah, because even that, the viewing of the phone and everything that it's offering us, we sometimes we don't realize that that is an energy that we are absorbing. Yeah. Even though it's not like a physical food that we're taking in and we're like, okay, I know I'm digesting this, I'm ingesting this, <clears throat> but, but everything that we're taking in through our eyes, through our ears, through our surroundings is moving through our energetics.
0: Dang it question. absolutely is, and even that frequency you can, you know, you pick up yourself. You feel, you feel that whatever that is there, you're feeling mm-hmm. it going right into the body, and it can definitely be deleterious to
1: yeah the health. Oh yeah, of the body, and we don't, and we're not taught either about all of these unseen mm-hmm. electromagnetic frequencies that are around it's us the all the time.
0: That's the word electromagnetic.
1: Yeah. But they're there. I think it's all very it's all very interesting. And I could go out, you know, we can go down so many rabbit holes around what we are and are not taught. And obviously those those frequencies are very much a part of our existence, yet it's not a public knowledge that we have access to, even though it's influencing us.
0: When you said crystal, did that? do the uh, cell phones like back in the beginning of radios and stuff didn't they use crystals? they
1: did and do they still use crystals yes so crystals are used for actually a lot of different technological purposes they're usually like well they are factory made crystals you can make quartz crystal in a lab and that's primarily what they use sometimes i believe that um ruby and there is an, like a few other crystals that are used for some things but yeah they're used across the board sometimes they'll use them in cell phones um they use the liquid crystal i believe in um cd something with cds there's a, there's a lot of different ways and basically that's the energy that's formed the the piezoelectric energy when a crystal quartz crystal is compressed it creates an accentuated energetic output and so that is what is that science is what's used to create the energy circuit in something like a cell phone wow. yeah
0: so the crystals that you have you can program each person who gets a crystal can program it
1: Yes, true. And what's interesting about that is that actually if you were to be able to like detect the energy coming from a crystal, if you just, your human hand is actually squeezing or pressing a crystal, it increases the energetic output. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's how they've made, um, I'm not sure if you've ever seen like the organite. They make these um pyramids and different shapes that are resin like crystals and then the resin yes and that's the the idea behind that is that the resin is creating a constant compression for the crystal so that the energetic output is that much greater and it's they're primarily for dissolving emf frequencies
0: Uh aha so one should wear one actually
1: yeah oh Oh, yeah i have i actually have one on the back of my cell phone (laughs) Oh, because I can feel. I mean, I can even through that I can feel the energy shooting up my arm Mm -hmm. just by holding it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The things that we can't get around in our day and age. So, would
0: would, what I'd like your thought on this? Mm -hmm. If you have crystals, if you were to put them all around your place, Mm -hmm. um, and knowing that, of course, yeah, yeah, okay, I'm getting my answer. Uh, So. So it's going to be picking up all of the, like, the news uh, frequencies. Um, and But if you counter that with the mantra frequencies, that will, I assume, neut- the ones you never assume, that will neutralize the negative and the positive will prevail.
1: I would say, I mean, that's an interesting thought. Like, are they different vibrational frequencies because it's it's like i think that there are specific crystals that and specific mantras that their purpose is clearing cleansing space and energy but if you think about what it's kind of coming to me as you said that is like okay well that would be like to say that someone with a like let's just say that there's the well, a presence of someone with a really bad attitude, but then you have a higher dimensional being that becomes present in that space. with the higher dimensional being's energy neutralize the energy of the person with the lower vibration. And to the law of resonance, one might say yes. but or can they be in existence at once without like an intention?
0: or if one is more powerful than the other.
1: Yes. And that's where I mean and there are specific crystals that are like in essence working to do that in the home. But with quartz crystal, I always say like you know, like crystals like selenite, selenite is just a great one for to have in your home to like cleanse and uplift the energy. That it's like a purifier. It's wonderful. I have that crystal everywhere in my home and it's not a crystal that's like its job isn't to program. Its job isn't to um, magnify it's a quartz crystal. However, I always say, like, if it's a full moon and you have a bad attitude and like you're going through a tough time, you probably don't want to be sitting with your quartz crystal generating that energy because that energy is just going to be magnified. Because that's, I think, of quartz crystal as that that being its kind of role and prowess amongst other things, but it's a generator and a magnifier so if you don't want an energy to be magnified then don't i wouldn't work with it on that day and that's why if you do have a lot of clear quartz in your home you want to cleanse it regularly
0: so those over there in the windowsill those three there in the corner yep yeah i mean but
1: see you're they're in the windowsill so the sun is actually helping to recharge them Mm -hmm. yeah so that's Mm -hmm. that's good
0: and the one over, you can't see, it's behind the blinds there, yeah. in that corner.
1: Yeah, you have a core right. The, there's and a big,
0: big, big guy back there. Uh-huh.
1: What is that? But, what is that? Oh, yeah, that's a clear quartz. Mm-hmm. But you can kind of see. What I find to be really interesting about the clear quartz as well is that you can actually, to me anyways, I can visually see the how they have been kind of worked just by being in the energy of the space like you can visually see it at least i can
0: you know what my favorite kind of oh, i'm not changing this so no, okay. my favorite kind of meditation is by just gazing into a crystal oh,
1: yes i'm a crystal I'm m- you go gazing fanatic because i also think i mean this is what again can really take you on a trip Especially with clear quartz because there is so much clarity and you can see like those the things that are within the crystal are called inclusions and I swear they change.
0: And they start talking to you. And they, they tell do. You oh story. yeah, these
1: little po- pockets open up and that's why I always, I, when I teach about crystals, I always say like, you know, you can learn about the crystal and its metaphysical properties but don't let it end there because in an experience like a gazing or a meditation, it's going to tell you a story. So it's like, you can get out of the way, and then, wow, what is the crystal going to reveal to you? Mm -hmm. And something, like, we make our problems so big, but when I find working with crystals, it's so freeing because they'll take us through Mm -hmm. time and space and offer us a way more beneficial experience than, quartz crystal, help me with, you know, whatever.
0: Absolutely. and that's a way to keep your mind focused too, because I've found I'll speak only for myself, that with meditation, um, the silent meditation, mm-hmm. that the mind can just go yes. wild Yes, and to that helps to tame the mind i found, mm-hmm. gazing into the crystal, or and or, um, the mantras yes, I like to have the mantras going while I meditate to help Bring the mind back to right. the silent space, right? So it doesn't get in your way of
1: yeah, yeah. This. Giving the mind a point of focus is is really big. It's really big. Yeah, not, I, and that's what's you know when people I've heard people so often say that meditation isn't for them because and they always reference their mind, but really it's it, yeah, giving your mind another point of focus helps to rewire mm-hmm. pathways, create new pathways. Even if the other ones are still, you know, going to be there, still strengthening and building the other ones is just so beneficial.
0: Exactly, and um, there's lots of avenues for that one.
1: Oh yeah. Um,
0: uh, what's Abraham Hicks? Mm-hmm. They, they, she does that that meditation. You breathe in, breathe out. You know, for 15 minutes, you're just listening to that repeated phrase: "Breathe in, breathe out." and it works because it focuses the mind on yes that yeah or like with srf self-realization fellowship they've got their hong Sa which is saying the same thing right? yeah yeah only in a different language and that's all great and uh, muji i like muji <laughs> muji's great because he's got such a peaceful voice and you can just put him on for a meditation and it quiets the mind. Yeah,
1: and you're, and it's like your energy body knows what what is truth and what is real because of how you feel when you're experiencing that.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah.
0: Exactly. And and that was really interesting. Just uh, was it last week? SRF was having their annual convocation, mm-hmm. and they had it you know virtual because of COVID. Mm-hmm. That was great. COVID's been so good to us in that way yeah (laughs) and uh, and you could just tune in on the meditations pull it up and and uh, yeah that was powerful powerful when
1: did you start your SRF path that
0: got started approximately two years post-injury and um, I had a choice then I was reading a couple three different books And the Autobiography of a Yogi was one of them. And that's the one that I just felt really good with. And being in Encinitas at that time, I mean, you know, it was just right there, presented Mm -hmm. to me. And um, it was great.
1: And was that the first time you started to meditate?
0: First time, yeah.
1: How was that experience for you? It was fantastic. Yeah.
0: It was fantastic. I was very fortunate that um, Anandamoy was uh, the head of the Encinitas Temple at that time, and um, he just got things going, and and uh, I had a lot. All the the monastics were really meditating on the body, mm. this body. Yeah. So tremendous healing. Yeah. Took place.
1: And I bet that you know the transition coming back into your body after having an experience of being out of your body, to find meditation, or some to because I would I mean obviously with I'm not really sure but was that helpful to to have a relatable some sort of relatable energy or teaching as to what you experienced it
0: what what i experienced when i experienced it i didn't know that that's what i was experiencing Uh. until uh, i got into srf and then discovered that it was like it was telling me what my experience what my experience was all about Uh. that you know i didn't really put two and two together you know it's like when you're out of the body it's like you don't know you're out of the body right because you have no thought of body yeah. It's like that doesn't exist and it doesn't exist in your thought processes even. You know, just you'd have to experience it to really, really understand Yeah. yeah. That. Because when you're in the body, that's the only thing that
1: Right. That's all that, that you know. Yeah. 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 And that's I mean I love in autobiography of a yogi, I mean there's so many great things, but when he talks about leaving his body at um, will. Um, yeah yeah. Yoga, yeah, yeah, that blew me. And I remember reading that like right when, like way back when, I don't even, I don't even think I had done my first yoga training. And I, my mind was just, you know, exploding like of the potential impossibility that we have as, as humans.
0: In my beginning years there with SRF too, I, um, I remember reading that yes, and and remember I, it's like in meditation I. I could do that, but I wouldn't allow myself to, because I knew that if I exited the fiscal, I would not come back, Mm -hmm. you know, because, yeah, okay, so I agreed to come back for X amount of time, but hey, I'm not coming back now. If I get out again, forget (laughs) it. Uh So I wouldn't, I wouldn't let myself go there.
1: Yeah, yeah. So meditation for you has been a consistent practice, it seems. It has been. been
0: what has kept this body going for 48 years, which is unheard of for this kind of injury. You know, C2, yeah. quad, you don't do, s- well, in those days. So a physical therapist told me that when I got to rehab, this was many months after the injury, um, they didn't know how to work with my body, because they had never had a C2 quad before. Uh, that's because that's you know right up at the top. That's where life ceased to exist. Um, it's called hangman's fracture for a reason. You know, that's mm. how you people oh, are killed. They are hung. You know, and that's what breaks and, and cuts the spinal cord there. So they they checked all of the medical books and they could not find one case of a C2 survival. So. Really? So there I sat for a while before they finally started figuring out what to do, how to work with the body. Wow. And then with the of monks, my gosh, yeah. I didn't realize at that time that they were meditating on the body um, and really creating all of this incredible healing that took place. Mm-hmm. That, yeah.
1: Wow. And I, I mean, you are so strong. Which strong. Is so strong. And I love hearing the way in which you do talk to your body and the mm-hmm. way that you encourage your body. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is just so profound and that you have, you understand that power that you have through your mind, through your words to support your physical experience.
0: Right. You can make it um, a joy for yourself, or you can make it hell. Mm -hmm. It's your choice. Yeah. You know, what do you want to experience? Well, me, I like happiness. (laughs) So I'll I'll go for whatever will create that. Absolutely. And that starts with the
1: thought. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Kathleen, for sharing your story and all that you have learned and experienced through this embodiment. I know that yeah really truly everyone that's listening is going to receive so much benefit from hearing your oh that's
0: that's wonderful i'd like to hear that and i i really hope that 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 they really get it you know yeah and uh it's been such a joy talking with you and it's always a joy being with you so yes
1: oh week after week it's it's always my delight thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the honor your aura podcast if you enjoyed this conversation as much as i did please leave a review and share with your friends because i want you to be the start of the ripple that allows others to honor and empower the energy that lies within